Welcome into another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you with us. Uh, yesterday, we released our number one. It's kind of one of those in-case-you-missed-it kind of uh, podcasts, in case you missed the three-hour show that Chuck Freeman and I did sitting in for Mike Heller and Billy Schmidt on the Mike Heller Show on 97.3 The Game and throughout the state of Wisconsin on the Game Radio Network. Uh, again, yesterday was our number one. Today will be our number two. It features a great interview with the voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay. So stick around for that. We'll do our number three tomorrow. But here's our number two of the Mike Heller Show from this past Friday on 97.3 The Game and throughout the entire state of Wisconsin. Hope you enjoy it. Oh, the Department of Corrections is open. Anytime you say something wrong, that's factually incorrect or you conflate something with something else. Okay, I thought you were Here going we a go. different direction with that. No, it's the Department of Corrections. That's also known as the talk and text line. Because we're not too far from the Department of yeah. Corrections. The DOC. Uh, yes, E. Jean Leon was drafted by Larry Harris, not not John Hammond. Oh, it was. Oh. I think that was, I believe that was the last pick that Larry Harris made as Bucks general manager, and then John Hammond took over the next year. I'd have to look that up. So, but yes, Yijian Leon was picked by Larry Harris. At some point, some of those but years... But Joe Alexander wasn't. At some point, some of those years were just all... I don't think he was anyway. Are just kind of up. Just kind of all run together anyway, don't they? Kind of like the Bucks, and the, uh, the Brewers in the mid-90s. They kind of do. I mean, you thought you had lightning in a bottle with Brandon Jennings as the, uh, you know, their first round pick in 2009, and he had a couple of flashes... Larry Sanders had a couple of flashes as the number 15 overall pick, the same as uh, Giannis, but Giannis was uh, three years later. But Larry Sanders was somebody who just didn't want to play basketball after a couple of years. He had some some mental health issues. You can say the same thing about Brandon Jennings. He said that he was just burned out from basketball and he wanted to do something else creatively, and that's what he's done. And he's become a Bucks ambassador. He's back in the family, where I don't know that Larry Sanders will ever be back in the family. But, I mean... Brandon Jenks, how interesting that was. It was, I mean, he had that run in. We well, had that game. Yeah, but he had a couple other solid games around yeah. that, too. Yeah, he did. I mean, what he dropped happened? 56 against. Uh, that was the same year that Steph Curry. You can see Steph Curry kind of in the background. There have been a bunch of pictures of Brandon Jennings scoring 56 against the Golden State Warriors, November something. 2010, wasn't it? Yeah, 2010. And there's this young baby face, Steph Curry, who can't even get on the court. Yep, but he winds up being one of the best players in NBA history, and you know Brandon Jennings isn't. But if in that picture at the time, you all thought that Brandon Jennings was going to have the superstar career, and it turns out it's the undersized kid from Davidson as opposed to uh, Brandon Jennings. Welcome back in. It's uh, hour number two of the Mike Heller Show. Mike is off today. Billy is off today. I don't think Mike went out of town. Billy is down in Florida. He's at Disney World. Probably is the Matterhorn still a thing at Disney World? He's probably riding the Matterhorn right about now. Okay, well, I'll buy that. So I, I, you know, I honestly can't. Somebody will correct me. I'm sure if the Matterhorn's not a thing. I can't anymore. even remember any of them when we went down there in 20, 2002. I don't remember anything. I know Splash Mountain. They they closed that. I didn't even know that. Don't I didn't I I don't remember going what we went on. We were down there for a week. Are you was, not an amusement park guy at all? I don't like things that spin around. Okay, like a tilt a whirl. Sure. We drove by. So you're not great at church festivals then. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, there's other parts I could partake in at a church festival okay. or a county fair. The dunk tank? Are you okay with the dunk tank? Oh, I'm tank yeah, I'm good with the dunk tank. Okay. You know, but I but the tilt whirl. How do we feel about the Ferris wheel? Yeah, I like the Ferris wheel. Okay. And I'll go. I and the um, you know, the summer fest. What's the the glide across? Oh, the sky glide. The sky glide. Yes, that totally good with that. But something that spins around. 
No. One wow. of the things that I've said about the Sky Glider is because where our set is near the, the I think it's the U-Line stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's on the north end of the Summerfest grounds. You can go visit the boys. You, like today at 5 o'clock, you can go vi- Who's the headliner tonight? Do you know? Does anybody know? Uh, I'll look. All right. Eric Church was last night. Eric Church was last night. But if you wanted to go see Drew and KB and Hunter last night, you could go on the south end of, or the north end of, of the uh, of the Summerfest grounds and then take the Sky Glider over to go to the Eric Church concert if you had tickets oh, that's, to go see Eric that's Church. That's perfect. That's the way to do it because you're above everybody. Yeah. You can look down on everybody. Just don't. If you're wearing flip flops, just hang on to your shoes. Yes. That's always that's always yeah, advisable. Always, you, know, you always warn if they're going to fall off, and you're yeah. done. You're walking without a shoe. But if it's Eric Church, I mean, you're probably in cowboy boots or something like that last night mm-hmm. for the Eric Church concert. You know, you got to dress the part when you're going to a show. And uh, so for tonight, for the Friday night dance party, if you have tickets for the headliner, whomever that is, Zach Brown Band. Tonight. Oh, perfect, Zach Brown Band. So same, maybe that's, that's where same Heller outfit. Is. That's the same crowd as last night. Yeah, same yeah. crowd. Maybe that's where Heller is. Same crowd as last night. So if you're going to go see the Zach Brown Band at Summerfest tonight, the first thing that you should do is when you get on the Summerfest grounds, find your way to the north end near the mm-hmm. iHeart. There's the big iHeart. Uh, logo on the stage near the U-Line stage. I think it's the same thing as the U-Line stage. But the the uh, trailer that we used for Packers games last year, mm-hmm. which looks like your dad's basement or your grandpa's basement yeah. or your Uncle Larry's basement in Manitowoc in 1973, that's how it's outfitted. That's what it looks like. So it's the same one. You can go visit them. You can participate in the Hunter Baumgartner Fourth uh, Friday Night Dance Party, also known as the HB4FNDP. You can participate in that, and then get on the Sky Glider and go see Zach Brown. That's your evening for tonight. It is. Well, in my house, like, <coughs> Shannon wants to go to Summerfest this weekend, but taking my 12, now 12-year-old, 12 I don't know. I mean, what, what, uh, Summerfest isn't made for kids, really. I mean, if, I mean, if you're going to go there at night, because, you know, the music the music is what I like about Summerfest. Well, of course, the food, too. But going to the, see all the music events, but... Like a kid at night, just as not at, at Summerfest. No, maybe during the daytime. Okay, but not at some, not during the night. I would never take a twelve-year-old. Uh, you know, you you teach them. You know, you say, oh, look, there's another one throwing up in the garbage can. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look how little she's got on. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's good. People watch. It's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, no. I the, the the most. What's your most indelible memory? Well, what's, because he always has to be occupied. I'm just saying. Sure. Taking a twelve-year-old is not gonna. Probably not. No. You remember the Imagine Dragons? Show from well, a few years ago. You were going to ask me what my memory. Yeah, what's your most indelible memory of, of Summerfest? Because mine is that Imagine Dragons concert that I did not attend, but I have a story about. But go on. Oh, mine was seeing... Ario Speedwagon. No, 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 no. Mine was taking Huey Lewis was down there in 1984, of course, and he was the well, he was the number one act in the country at the time. Right after the album Sports came out, it was right during the album Sports, and it was the number one album. He was he was the, uh, Huey Lewis is a hot ticket. Were you hip to be square that night? Well, this was before that. Okay, okay, this is. Did uh, you want a new drug that night? This that was right there. Okay. You go. Heart, Heart of Rock and Roll was like the number one it's song still in the country. It was. Now you're making fun of it, but it was huge. <laughs> you're, you're, what do you mean? You're kind of patronizing <laughs> me there, Doug. But this the, the, Huey Lewis, you could not. This was one of the biggest attended Summerfests ever. Uh, and this was before the amphitheater, right? Yes, this was on the... The, the old main stage. The, the, the north end of town, yes, the okay. old main stage. And it was turned around at the time. And they would fit 35,000 in there. So they were playing the final night of Summerfest, I want to say 1984. And I took... I lived in Greendale at the time, and getting a... Bu- I didn't have a car, so but I took three shuttle buses 
walked about a mile just to get to Summerfest, and I was one of the last people to get stamped to get into to get into Huey Lewis because you got stamped. It was a free concert back then. Mm-hmm. They all were. Amazingly found my friends, and there we are. Because you couldn't exactly text at that time. No, but I was like, okay, I'll just take a shot because I wanted to go see Huey Lewis. Okay. I'd never been to a concert before. Oh, that 17. was your first concert? It was my first concert. Oh, okay. Well, that would be and your I took And I took three three city buses. Uh, in Greendale, you know, didn't have buses mm-hmm. that came to Greendale. I had to walk to like 60th and Grange just to catch a bus. And I called up the bus company ahead of time, and they told me, this is the route you got to take, this, 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 this. So... Yeah, and it took me about an hour and a half to get down there eventually. Got through. If my parents ever knew I did that, they would have killed me. Um, but I got down to Summerfest, got into the gate, got my hand stamped, some miracle, found my friends, and um, got the got a ride home that night. But, yes, saw Huey Lewis in the news in 1984. And, yeah, it was, and I think to this day that's the most attended uh, Summerfest in Summerfest history, over 100,000 people. Wow. That day. Hmm. But like thirty five thousand at this concert. That's amazing. Yeah, um, I think my most indelible memory was. So I forgot what year it was. This it feels like it was about a decade ago when Imagine Dragons were mm-hmm. first starting to get big, and they were playing. They weren't playing the at the time Marcus Amphitheater now American Family Insurance Amphitheater. They were playing one of the stages, but they were just starting to blow up. They probably could have sold out. The amphitheater at the time, but it was a free concert. It was one of the ones that was included with the ticket, the admission ticket. And I was hosting the Brewers post game show from the trailer mm-hmm. of the station that I was working at at the time. You can probably figure out what station that was. But I was hosting from that position, and the place just became overrun at night because my show didn't, it was a Brewers home game, I think. So I didn't get on the air until about 10 30, 10 45 or so. And the show is going on, and I'm just being completely overrun. I've got people banging on the window. I yeah. got I got flashed a couple of times. Nice. That was interesting. Top I got, or bottom? Top. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I was asked, can I use your phone? Like, There's no phone in here. My, and, you, and you got a guy. microphone in front of you. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty well walled. Yeah, I'm trying to talk intelligently about a Brewers game mm-hmm. that I didn't really See, because we didn't have a television down there, which was that's great planning right there. Um, but uh, yeah, and it was just absolute chaos getting in. It was absolute chaos getting out. And I had people banging on the door who, can I just need to sit down for a couple of minutes, please? Can oh. I just come in? No, you can't. You can't come in because okay. I'm doing a radio show. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I remember the most about. That's my most indelible memory of something that will take that I will take with me to my grave. When you're dealing with drunk people and you're not drunk, yes. Because yes. I mean, I was working. Well, yeah, Everybody else was well; they were either drunk or something else. They were on something. I love Summerfest, but <laughs> I do I love I do love Summerfest, but I refuse like to pay for parking down there. So when we go, we park. That's, that shocks me. <laughs> we park. We park. We park so far away. Oh no way! No we do. I'm, I'm telling. We park so we we park so far away. I know one spot, but I, and it's a little far away. But you know, just forever. So like we're walking, and it. But going down to Summerfest is fine um, when you're parking far away. But it's like after you're down there for eight hours, and then you're like. Oh, now we got to walk back to our car. That's better than parking close, though, when everything lets out, because how many times have you parked close and mm-hmm. then sat in your car for an hour trying to get out? Because it just kind of stacks up like planes on a tarmac. 
when there's bad weather. You're just stuck. There's nowhere to go. You park close, which yeah. is great getting in. Yeah. It is a nightmare getting out. So well, uh, you know, there's I something to that. I would. I'm taking your word for it because I don't. I've never. Paid, believe it or not, I've never paid for parking. Always oh, parked a mile away. Yeah. I'd rather be sitting in my car waiting to move than walking a yeah. mile and a half to get to my well, car. Well, to each their own. After, especially like if the pipe bomb afterwards. That's the problem, walking to your car after you've been walking around for you know for eight hours, yeah. drinking, eating, and whatever. Uh, let's see. Mailman Jeff in Madison, He was. Uh, we were talking about Billy being at uh, Disney World. I hope he's stuck in the middle of It's a Small World. He'll never get that song out of his head. Oh, that's part of that's part of the Disney experience, though. That ride is so awful. Of course it is, but just you know, horrible. He, he's got a five month old, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure that kid's going to remember every second of it. No, when he I will went, not <laughs> when I, we went to what's the what's the place that's got all the countries? Epcot, not, Epcot, Epcot, Epcot. We went to Epcot Center, um, which I liked. I liked Epcot Center. So we're walking around Epcot Center. Uh, this was 20 years ago, and a band was playing far away, you know, and you heard, find your way back. And I go, man, they sound awfully low, like Jefferson Starship. They sound great. Let's go down there and see them. Let's see, see what this band is. Uh-huh. And as we got closer and closer, it was Jefferson Starship. Of course. Playing Epcot Center um, for a handful of people. I, I, I think, well, that's like a quintessential Summerfest thing, though, too, because I got out. I forgot what concert it was, but it was at the AmFam Amphitheater. It might have been the Marcus at the time. Maybe this was a couple of years ago. And I forgot. I think it was a Luke Bryan concert. Okay. And we got out of that, and I'm like, that kind of sounds like the Go-Go's. And they were over at the other stage, which is right next to it, the... Mm-hmm. What is it? The the, 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 new, the newer one that they built. It was, sure enough. Be rock and Roll. Yeah, that yeah. one. The, the Rock and Roll Hall of Famers themselves, yeah. the Go-Go's. Oh, yeah. So I caught the last 10 minutes. We caught the last 10 minutes of the Go-Go's. You probably saw the last... That's uh, what I love about Summerfest. We got the... Yes. You can, the Summerfest is still, even though I wish it was a, a whole week's worth... Yeah, I miss, it's the, still, old, I I miss mean, the old format. You, you look at the, 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 the musical acts that they got there. Amazing. I mean, one. I mean, even the side stages. That's which I like the best. Patrick in West Dallas writes on the talking text line: "Most memorable Summerfest walking out all the way to River West. Got punched in the face by a drunk kid because I didn't have a cigarette for him." <laughs> okay, <laughs> that wasn't me. I, I I've done that walk before. We got as far as because we we didn't want to pay for an Uber because the Uber was really expensive uh-huh. at, right out of Summerfest. So we walked to the Oriental Theater. Is it still called the Oriental Theater? I believe so. Yes. Didn't want to say anything that was wrong there. I believe that's the name of the theater still. Yes, Oriental Theater. Um, Walked all the way to the Oriental Theater and then got a shuttle from, or not a shuttle, got the, the Uber from there. But it's we a long hike. It was a long that's, hike. That's a haul. But we saved like 20 bucks. <laughs> See, there you go. Got to save what you got to save. All right. Um, we've got uh, John Horst. He was asked about Chris Middleton last night. We'll have that audio coming up in just a couple minutes. We don't have to talk about Chris Middleton a little bit because you know he did opt out for free agency. I wasn't surprised by that, but I would also not be surprised to see him come back and re-sign with the Bucks as well. We'll hit that on the other side. Also, Matt LaPay is coming up uh, at about 135. We'll talk some Badgers football because there's some recruiting news as well. Mm-hmm. And the Badgers Hall of Fame. They keep dripping some names out for the class of 2023. And an unsung hero got the nod today, along with the likes of J.J. Watt, Monte Ball, and some of the others that have been named as well. It's the Mike Heller Show. Mike's off today. Billy's off today. He's at Disney World. Chuck Freeman on the other side. I'm Doug Russell. Pipe Bomb's here as well. And we're glad that you are, too, here on The Game.
No Mike Keller today. He's off. Billy is off. He's in probably the It's a Small World ride. Maybe they're at Epcot. I don't know. Disney's Animal Kingdom. They just keep building things down there mm-hmm. at uh, Disney World. So hope he's, uh, hope he's having a great time down there in uh, Central Florida. Package P writes, uh, my wife got stuck on It's a Small World ride when she was a kid. Okay. That'll scar you. What's that ride? Is it up in the air? No, it's like a kid's ride. It's like okay. a, you just hear the song. Yeah, just over a sing-songy kid's ride. Over Is that the one through over. the cave? Yeah, and it seems okay. like it never ends. All right. Because, after all, it is a small world. Welcome back in. Uh, I'm Doug Russell in for Mike Heller today. Uh, Chuck Freeman is with us. Pipe Bomb is here as well. So glad to have you with us, too. Chris Middleton is not with us, but hopefully the Bucks can work out some sort of accord. I wasn't surprised that he opted out because I figure that Chris Middleton has one big payday left. He's 32 years old, or he's going to be 32 years old in August. He's had a couple of knee surgeries. He's had wrist surgery. So the injuries are starting to pile up. He's had a marvelous career here in Milwaukee. He really has. Uh, Whenever he's done playing, he's going to be welcomed back into the family, whether he goes anywhere else in the NBA, whether he goes to the Rockets, whether he goes to, I don't know, the Clippers, whether he goes to the Trailblazers. It doesn't matter. Whenever he's done, he's a Milwaukee Buck. 22 is going up in the rafters. And he's going to be a Milwaukee Bucks legend for the rest of his life. Uh, they don't win the NBA championship without him, without a doubt. And and I, you know, Giannis put the fifty in the final game there. But uh, you could have made an argument the way Mids was playing that he could have been MVP. I mean, you had to give it to Giannis, but Middleton, God, look at shot after shot after shot. How that guy came up big. You know, I was very critical of Middleton for several years. But I said after that game, I said, never again will I ever say anything bad about Middleton. And I know he's gone through a little injury history here. Didn't play well as last year, but I can't I can't bash the guy because he was so great two years ago. Three-time All-Star. Yep. And, yes, $40.4 million is a lot of money to turn down. But he figures after taking a look, and his agents have done the due diligence as well. So, again, I would, I would have been shocked if he would have said, yeah, you know what, I'm going to come back for one more year. Somebody's going to give him, whether it's the Buck or somebody else, at least a three-year deal, and he's going to, even if he makes less as an average, he'll make more in the aggregate. Mm-hmm. So he's got a deal. He's seeking a deal, they say, according to the you know the Woges of the world. He wants a four-year deal worth about $130 million. I don't know if he's going to get that, but it's not like the Bucks can use that money and save it and spend it on someone else. The Bucks can do that. They can retain him. They can retain their own players as free agents, but it's not like the NFL where you've got salary cap casualties, so if you cut one guy, you can spend that money as long as you don't have too much dead cap money like the Packers do this year. You you can go then spend that on somebody else. That's not how the NBA works. You can spend you know the four years 130 or the three years 90. You can do that for Middleton, but it's not like that money just goes back into the coffers. That's not how that works. No, I, I, I don't believe Horst one second when he said last night that we're very interested in bringing Middleton back, and so many words he said that. I have a feeling this is how it's going to work. I think they're going to sign him and then trade him. Sign and that's trade. That's a possibility. I think that's going to be happening. There's no way, I think. Well, I'm just. I would be worried about halfway through that contract, even the beginning of it, because of his recent injury history. He's 32 years old. How is he going to be 35 and 36 when those injuries really could start be mounting up? You know, and you got Chris Middleton sitting on the bench in street clothes. Oh, that guy six years ago led us to an NBA championship. There he is making $35 million because he can't play again tonight. 
and he's averaging. Well, that's what happened with Michael Red. Yeah, but the difference between those Bucks and these Bucks, this Bucks team right now is built to win. This Bucks team is an NBA championship contender. Didn't work out in the playoffs, obviously. Well, especially in the East. Didn't work out in you know. Didn't work out for Boston though either, yeah. and they were a team that was ready. Yeah. Didn't work out for Philadelphia. That was a team that was supposed to be ready as well. That comment that you're talking about from uh, John Horse last night, we have that. And, you know, make up your own mind. If you're trying to read something between the lines, this is what John Horst said when he was asked about Chris Middleton late last night. Uh, somebody, he was asked during, you know, the, the draft news conference, uh, hey, you know what, as long as we're here, I'm going to ask you about double deuces. I think with the news on Chris Middleton, um, uh, he had the ability to decline his option um, and the opportunity to eventually become a free agent if he chooses. So uh, he's earned that opportunity. And, uh Chris is core to who we are and uh, really all the success that we've had. And our goal is always to sustain, sustain our success and continue to compete and be in a chance to win, a uh, position to win year in and year out. And we hope to have him back, you know, and, and when the time's right and appropriate, we'll continue to work through that and, and just kind of go through it. All right. So that was John Horace last night, Bucks general manager. And listen, because this team and the window is starting to close mm-hmm. and it's closing rapidly, uh, the, the championship opportunity to get another title, to, to get another ring, to have another parade down Wisconsin Avenue. Um, I, I'm telling you right now that you maybe have two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, so and, do whatever you can to push those chips in the middle of the table and and figure it out. Yeah. And if we're bad for a few more years, well, we're used to it. So let's just try to win an NBA. Then they have. They know that. Uh, they they know that. I, that's why I told you, you know, last time you and I were together. I said this is this. I think they're going to make a blockbuster mm-hmm. move, and they tried to with Bradley Beal. Yeah. They tried to. They, that sure. was that's what I'm telling you about. You know? But I thought that you know Bradley Beal and his injury history that would have been a little bit dubious though too. I know. Well, you're talking about you know, fifty million dollars you're taking on. Same thing. Yes, I agree. But if they get Bradley Beal, Milton's not even no an option. You're not, you're not even thinking about it. But the fact that they went after Beal or talked to Beal. It tells me how little interest they have in keeping Middleton. Uh, we've got Matt LePay coming up in just a couple of minutes. We've got to take a break before him. But before we get to the voice of the Badgers, Justin is checking us out in North Carolina. Justin, you're on the Mike Heller Show. Hey, what's up, guys? Friends, what's up, player? Hey there, man. How you doing? Good, man. Long time. Hey, look, so I think with Middleton, I don't think he was ever out of the equation. And the reason why I say he was never out of the equation is because if you've noticed, we were bringing in Adrian Griffin as a coach. He was part of that circle that met with coach and had dinner. The guy that I would really be worried about being gone, unfortunately, is Drew Holiday. And I know he had a challenging playoff run this year and didn't play the best defense in the world against Jimmy Butler. But I think when you look at the totality of what Drew Holiday is, it would be a huge mistake to get rid of that guy. So I disagree with you guys where I think in that Bradley Bill package, I actually think it was Holiday that was going to go. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Thanks for the call, well, Justin. Appreciate I mean, it. Drew Holiday plays point guard. I don't think he was going to go anywhere because Middleton and Beal both they're, they're the same guys. Drew I mean, Ho- positions. Drew Holiday shouldn't have been guarding Jimmy Butler, and that's one of the things that I think ultimately did Mike Budenholzer in. Well, here's the deal: Holiday's got to make that free throw toward the end. People forget he missed a big free throw. Yeah, he did uh, toward the end. He didn't the, have a great playoff no, series no, against the uh, against no. the Heat. And but, no, but, but they also you talked about Middleton. They wouldn't have won the NBA championship two years ago without. Drew Holiday. No, absolutely, yeah. No, not at all. He made, the obviously, the big steal, too. But I know fans are, back to that game, you know, why didn't Giannis guard Butler? Now, here's the problem, okay? And I put this out on Twitter. Giannis is going to get two fouls on the offensive end. 
you got to count for that. You, you know he's going to get two, at least one, probably mm-hmm. two offensive fouls. Then you want him to guard Jimmy uh, for 38 I minutes? Want, I, I want to put a former defensive and somebody who I don't think gets enough credit for his defense, even though he does have a DPOY. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if one thing isn't working, if Drew Holiday, who's an elite defender, if it's not working and it wasn't, you have to shuffle the deck. Ooh, I, I just... You got to keep Giannis on the floor, and if Giannis is sitting, you know, on the bench next to Thanasis down there, and uh, you know he's got three fouls in the first quarter, or you could let Ooh. Jimmy Butler torch you for forty-eight points. Yeah, you know I, that's if that's your alternative. But he just, who saw Jimmy just doing what he did? I, I get that, but I just from the very beginning, that's such a hindsight as twenty twenty thing putting Giannis on him because I I just think. There was that, no reaction when it was happening, though. Think, but was that? There was no reaction from the bench when it was happening. I mean, hindsight could be twenty twenty, but if it's sitting right in front of your face and it's happening in front of you and you don't make an adjustment, if, if Bud puts Giannis on Jimmy and Jimmy gets Bud, uh, Giannis in foul trouble, it's like, okay, what are you doing putting your best offensive player on their best offensive You're player? Trying to slow him down a little bit. I don't know. He may be your best offensive player, but he's also your best fans, defensive player too. Fans aren't saying that if if Jimmy is getting uh, Giannis in foul trouble. Fans, well, but he's also going off for 48 points. This is another discussion for another time. We've got yeah. Matt LePay coming up, but we will revisit this okay. coming up. Matt LePay, Voice of the Badgers, coming up next. I'm Doug Russell. He's Chuck Freeman. You can weigh in on the talking text line, the PellaWI.com talking text line. It's his proper name. 414-799-1973. But we'll talk some Badgers football, some Badgers basketball, perhaps, and the Hall of Fame, which dribbled out another name today. One of the behind-the-scenes heroes. Matt LePay, coming up straight ahead. Stay with us on the game. You always know when Pipe Bomb is on the board because that's you can just tell by the music. Yeah, that's just tell. Ryan, never he's heard of anybody. He's called a, what do you guys call it? A banger? He's a that's a banger here. <laughs> it's a, a, a banger. Yes. Uh, Mike Heller's show continues without Mike Heller, without Billy Schmidt. They are both off. I think Heller's going to be off on a lot of Fridays. What you call us, the B team? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So our next guest, of course, is Matt LePay, voice of the Badgers, the legendary voice of the Badgers. Uh, kind enough to uh, join us in his regular spot on the Mike Heller show, and his pipe bomb is getting him on the air. He's with a phone call. Are you ready for the B team? You ready for the backups? <laughs> Are you ready for the guys that suck? As we welcome in Matt LePay, the voice of the Badgers, into the Mike Heller show, into the proceedings. Hi, Matt. How are you today? Hey, Matt. I'm doing well, Dad. I don't like hearing yourself getting insulted, right? You're right in front of our <laughs> face. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they had headphones on. I didn't think they could hear me. <laughs> uh, Matt LePay joining us here on the uh, Mike Heller Show. Um, we'll, we'll get to some news coming out of the university. We've got a uh, player transferring today. That was uh, reported a short time ago. Also, the uh, class of 2023, the Hall of Fame, they are honoring uh, one of the heroes behind the scenes, but we were talking about Summerfest, and I don't know, have you gotten a chance? I know living in Madison, Summerfest is still about an hour and a half away. You worked for eight years for the Brewers. That probably limited the amount of time that you could get down to the Milwaukee Lakefront. How often have you gotten a chance to go to Summerfest? Have you had a chance to see anybody down there, Matt? Pre-Brewers, I was down there uh, a few times. As a matter of fact, I saw the Eagles, um, and uh, we we did... We did see it playing, and it's now it's the American Family Theater. 
American Family Insurance Amphitheater now, right? The yes. Big, mm-hmm. The big joint there? Yeah. I believe a group of us took a limo to see the incomparable Neil Diamond. Ooh, Ooh a limo. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's not, oh, yeah. that's was not that Matt like, LePayrolls. Was, was that in the 80s or the 70s? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, this was like 10, 12 years ago. And, really? uh, but we, we saw the Eagles, which that was a bucket list. Uh, but, it's yeah, the Brewers work kind of that, that knocked out some of that and uh, haven't been there. I haven't been there since, so okay. yeah, it, it, shame on me because that's always a great lineup. Well, we are still forever in Milwaukee. blue jeans here uh, in Milwaukee and singing <laughs> Sweet Caroline. But that concert, because Matt was at the concert probably I was at, probably I want to say 2013 because that was like one of Glenn Fry's last, it was probably his last Milwaukee appearance and maybe one of the last yes, concerts. Yeah, You are correct. You are correct, Chuck. Yeah, that it was it was a great night, right? Beautiful weather. It was just, you know, that was, that was one that uh, – that's what I'm going to remember. That, that was that was a great show. The voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay, joining us here on the Mike Heller Show. Uh, Mike is off today, so is Billy. All right, so some news coming out about wide receiver Marcus Allen leaving the Wisconsin program for the second time. A uh, bit of an incident back in April uh, at the Mifflin Street block party. Uh, he announced earlier today that he is entering the transfer portal. I guess that doesn't come as a shock. Uh, I mean, especially when you look at some of the other wide receivers that kind of emerged in spring ball, I think it would be difficult for Marcus Allen, in my opinion, to maybe get some significant playing time and maybe just a fresh start is what he did is what he needs. Yeah, I think that's a that, that's a fair assessment, Doug. I uh, you know I thought now part of my intrigue with him when he when he arrived here was that he's from a, a rival high school of mine in, in Ohio. Uh, so that, I mean, I was very familiar with the high school that, that he that he attended. So there you know there was a Sort of, sort of a connection there. Sort of, kind of. It's not like I really knew knew him very well, but I also thought he had some skills. I mean, he he, he was really he's really well put together, and I thought somebody who could emerge. If you remember after after the coaching change, you know, he got his first college touchdown at Northwestern. That was Jim Leonard's first game as the interim head coach. Wisconsin won big, which they rarely do at Northwestern. They rarely win, period, and then they won going away. And I thought, okay, this is this could be the, the first of many for him. And then he left. He was going to go to Minnesota. And then when the coaching change came back, and really throughout the course of spring um, was kind of into that third group uh, of receivers. So you're right. I think just from a, a pure football standpoint, it might have been pretty tough sledding for him to get the the number of reps that that somebody like him would probably want. How much the 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 incident that the Mifflin Street block party had to do with this, I, I really don't know. But I think from from just a pure football perspective, for him, maybe the best thing is to is to see if there's an opportunity for him somewhere else. Matt, this quarterback room, man, I love it. I mean, the, the, some of the names that are in there. There's so many guys. Uh, I mean, you got a got a good crop that. To choose from there, and Tanner Mordecai is going to be your starter. Braden Locke, your number two guy. God, yeah, and they recruited his brother, you know, just for the class of twenty twenty five the other day. So, yeah, I mean, this is uh, man, this is going to be one of the great quarterback rooms in recent history. It is in terms of raw talent, Chuck. I don't know if I've seen one like this uh, at Wisconsin. I mean, they've had very productive quarterbacks here through the years. I know, I know what the reputation is, but the. You know, in terms of productivity, they've they've had some 
pretty good college quarterbacks here. Mm-hmm. But right now, just raw talent with Tanner Mordecai and Braden Locke. And those two, to me, have separated themselves. Nick Evers has tremendous physical tools, but I think they would they would tell you, and they have mentioned it, actually, and I think Nick would even suggest that there's still a lot for him to learn, mm-hmm. you know, the nuances of this offense. And, but he's got a cannon for an arm. And, you know, you know Miles Burkett, to to his credit, he's you know he's working every day and then you know seeing what he could do, see if he can't get in the mix. But with Mordecai, the guy who's going to start, and I, I just think Braden Locke has been you know, in that spring game, the launch, whatever you want to call it. You know, we all know that Mordecai struggled in that game, but he was really good throughout the course of spring. And Locke, uh, I think Phil Longo referred to him maybe as the most consistent. You know, you just very steady, smart guy, has a presence about him. So, yeah, I think there's there's reason to be excited about the potential of, of that position group because I think it has a chance to be really, really good. I want to talk about Nick Evers for just a second. I mean, as, as long as we're talking about the quarterback room, uh, obviously Tanner Mordecai is your starter, Braden Locke is your number two guy, and I think that those two guys – Really, the the drop off after that, I, I I don't know how significant it is, but those two guys were clearly in spring ball at least the the best two that were on the field. But as far as Evers, he's got the physical gifts as you're talking about. He's got the the hose for an arm, but I don't know if he's intent on playing quarterback. If it's necessarily going to be at Wisconsin, considering how crowded that room is, would they ever consider? Would they ever perhaps broach maybe a wide receiver? slot for a, a, a talent like Nick Evers, who who possibly I think could maybe excel at a different position. Well, it could be that could be pretty tough sledding too. Remember, you know, Marcus Allen's transferring. They, they've got a lot of really good. You're talking about right. I mean, yeah, Will Pauling, who uh, C.J. Yeah. Williams and Quincy yeah. Burroughs, Yeah, They're, they they that that's a group where you know we talk about the quarterback group. I don't know if I've seen this much depth at the receiver position. You know, the quality depth that they that they have right now with with. Getting a lot done through the through the transfer portal certainly, but uh, you know with Will Pauling and you know, Quincy Burroughs and C.J. Williams and et cetera, et cetera. So I, I don't know to answer your question if that's something that would that would be talked about. I mean, when you have an arm like Nick's, you want to you, know, you you want that the opportunity to be able to show what you could do. I think these summer months are really important for him just to get as much of an understanding as he possibly can of this offense and all the nuances to it and then see where that takes him. But I, I do think, you know, and I don't know what's going to happen with this position group or with Nick specifically, but when you have that much, what what appears to be that much talent, and you're going to have the competition. And I think in the era that we're in, you know, a player is going to give himself what he determines to be a reasonable amount of time to move up the charts. But if he can't, then maybe you look for opportunities elsewhere. But in terms of this right now, I mean, who knows? I mean, if Nick makes a big jump and just really understands what's going on with, with this offense throughout the course of the summer and and uh, really turns some heads uh, beginning in August, then, then who knows? The narrative changes. But uh, just the era that we're in, no matter what position group we're talking about, uh, it, it's just easy. It's easy to pick up and move on if you don't think you have a chance. And so that's not specific to Nick Evers. That's just in general with where we are in college athletics now. 
You know, there's so much, as you know, there's so much excitement with Luke Fickle as the head coach from the very beginning uh, that he stepped foot on campus. Uh, you know, and then the expectations are, I'm just like telling people, you know, just let this guy settle in a little bit. Don't be thinking, you know, in terms of too big right away. Let him get his foot in the program here, get a couple of wins. And, uh, you know, let's not put any pressure on this guy to come in and just, you know, lead him to a national championship his first year. Yeah, we're pretty much into the now, now, now world. It's yeah. excitement here. If the Brewers lose two in a row, it's, you know, DFA, everybody. <laughs> that. Bulldoze, you know, American Family uh, Field, it's the only reasonable solution. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, you know, it's all, that's just the, that's the, the world we're in. And the excitement, I, I think, you know, they, they do embrace that. They understand that. But I, I do think, you know, it's great to have this much conversation just you know, going around town or going across the state is a good chance to do during the summer. You know, people are asking a lot about Badger football right now, and part of it is there. There's a little bit of a mystery to it. I think Billy may have asked that question earlier in the week. Billy or or, or Heller, probably Billy. He had the insight. Yeah, probably Billy. Yeah, it's, it's a good call. Yeah. Uh, good call on your but, part. But I, I think the, <laughs> the fact that there is a certain amount of mystery though with these with the transfers, fans watch the. Fans who watched the launch—that was a snapshot. But there's still probably more that we don't know than what we do know, and that that goes with even Tanner Mordecai and the, the numbers he put up at, at SMU were were eye popping. But that was there. We haven't seen him in person much here. So, but that said, I, I think given what Sickle was able to accomplish at Cincinnati, the staff that he has, the the mix of he's got some young guys on the staff, but he has some guys who've been around the block for a while too, like a Mike Trussell, who's you know really considered one of the, the great defensive minds in in his field. So yeah, I, I think the, the excitement is great, but you know I don't know if I if I'm ready to just assume that they're going to win the Big Ten and be in the college football playoff. I'm all for it, but I don't want to get into this being that group of four or bust. You know, this is a team that's building. The the good news about this, though, Carlos, and I've mentioned this before, it's not like it's a dumpster fire here. And I know that they were spinning their wheels and and were not as nearly as good as they expected to be these last two or three years. Three, I guess, if you want to count the COVID year, but uh, but it wasn't like that they were a three-win team, too. I mean, they were they were okay. They weren't great. We know the offense was was very much below average, but the defense gave them a chance most weeks. So, you know, I think that that's something that they're smart. They understand that, and they're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. There is a philosophical shift, obviously, on offense. But they still want to be really physical. They want to be able to run the ball. The hope is there's just a lot less traffic for Braylon Alvin and Ches Malusi, et cetera, to have to navigate as opposed to going up against eight to nine man boxes all the time. But I mean, it's not like this is they're tearing down the house and, and starting over. And I think that that that's a part that we should always remember. And I think it can add to the excitement going into the year. We only have about a minute left before uh, we let you go. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Denny Helweg, who was uh, elected to the Hall of Fame, the uh, UW Athletics Hall of Fame, a guy whose name that you, a lot of fans have probably never heard, but so integral to the entire program. Big time, yeah. There has been a push for, for people who are you know, fellow athletic trainers who have really uh, been pushing 
for this to happen. So, you know, Denny's one of those guys, as you know, all athletic trainers, they do so much. The players spend more as much time with, with athletic trainers and strength coaches, it seems, as they do with their position coaches. And he's really been an un, he was an unsung star of, of UW athletics for, for such a long time. Very respected players had great trust in him. So this is an honor. I mean, no one's ever not deserving of this, but he is especially deserving of being in the UW Athletic Hall of Fame because he did so much that most never saw, but he gave these players a chance to, to get on the field for, for every event possible. So I, I think so many people, and I included, I'm really happy for him. This is a cottage weekend for you? Out on the lake? That'll be next week. That'll be next week. Going to oh. head up next, uh, late next week, do Beautiful. a little extended stay up there. Uh, Beautiful. Functions, looking forward to. So, And then... Really bad golf and <laughs> grinding, boys. I'll be grinding. <laughs> Want to see the golf swing on Twitter? You never yeah. put the golf swing on. Let's see the little video on that. It's, it's possible. It's maybe for the same reason I don't put mine on. Uh, Matt, yeah. we, thanks for the time. We appreciate it so much. Uh, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you soon. All right, boys. Take care. Thanks. All right, there he goes. Matt LePay, the illustrious voice of the Wisconsin Badgers. Future. UW Hall of Famer. Oh, without a doubt. Future UW Hall of Famer, future Wisconsin Broadcasters Association Hall Absolutely. of Famer. If it's the last damn thing I do, yeah. I'm going to try to get him in the Hall of Fame because he is way overdue for that. So is our friend Gene Miller. Yes, and uh, we are way overdue for a break, so we're going to do that. And we'll be back with the final hour here on the Mike Keller Show without Mike Keller. I'm Doug. He's Chuck. Pipe Bomb's running us, and he's screaming at me to get off the air. So we'll do that. We'll be back in a flash. Stay with us. All right, that's hour number two of the Mike Heller Show. Without Mike Heller, instead, Chuck Freeman and me will do the final hour, hour number three tomorrow, right here on the Doug Russell Podcast. Have a good one.